Protect Minnesota, the podcast where we explore 52 reasons why gun violence is an issue in our state. We're bringing you a variety of perspectives and voices from across the state of Minnesota, all advocating for gun violence prevention. This podcast is a tool to help decision makers and stakeholders throughout our communities make informed decisions that will mitigate this public health issue. This is also for the supporters, the volunteers, and the frontline workers who give selflessly and tirelessly to the movement. Thank you for tuning in and showing your support for gun violence prevention efforts across the state of Minnesota. I am your host, Ayolanda. Welcome back to a new episode of 52 Reasons Why, a Protect Minnesota podcast. I'm Jared Muscovitz, the Director of Outreach and Organizing uh, with Protect Minnesota. We're so happy you're able to tune in to our uh, newest episode. I'm uh, fortunate uh, and so thrilled to be able to sit down today with Lori Weissman. She is a former attorney and an advocate for gun safety who currently serves as co-chair of the Gun Safety Committee on the National Council of Jewish Women, Minnesota. She's previously served as a board member for Protect Minnesota and also for uh, the Jewish Family and Children's Services of Minneapolis. Lori, thanks so much for being here. How are you doing? Thanks very much for having me, Jared. I'm well. Glad to hear it. Well, um, Lori, I wanted to, you know, uh, talk to you about, as we mentioned, as I previously mentioned, you serve as the co-chair of the Gun Safety Committee for the National Council of Jewish Women in Minnesota. And of course, you know, one thing that we've noticed and we've seen over the last, you know, four or six to even 10 months um, is this rise in uh, an uptick in anti-Semitism not just in Minnesota, but seemingly everywhere, um, you know, in particular, uh, I think, you know, our listeners will be really uh, interested to hear what that experience, is, experience has been like. But first, I'd love for you to just let our listeners know uh, a bit about yourself and what drove you to uh, start, you know, drove you down this path of, of gun safety advocacy. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me, Jared, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you on this issue. I was originally uh, drawn to gun safety advocacy in 2002, soon after I moved from Chicago area to Minneapolis. I moved here in in early 2000, actually 1999, and um, in 2002, I had a cousin who died due to gun violence in Detroit, in the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, where I'm originally from. And that was something that shocked me as well as my family. And at the same time, I had just gotten involved with the National Council of Jewish Women here in Minnesota. And at that time in the year 2002, there was a bill that was before the Minnesota State Legislature that was was, um, would allow concealed carry of weapons. So those the confluence of those things coming together, my cousin dying by gun, and this bill being introduced that would allow for the proliferation of more weapons got me quite concerned. And I became active at that point. I started my I started my advocacy at that point, having a feeling that it would not be a great idea to have even more guns on the street, knowing that there was harm that had been caused to a family member personally. Mm-hmm. So that 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 sort of was the, the the my entree into into this work, and I also have always been um, concerned about children's welfare and well-being, and I just 
I just thought this was a dangerous thing for children and families to have more weapons on our streets. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. And uh, my, our, my condolences to you for your loss and for your family's loss. It's just even, you know, obviously it's been what you said, 20 years, but that never goes away. And just that's just a horrible, horrible thing to have to go through. Um, yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's important for people to know, you know, uh, what drive, you know, I always like to start these conversations off just asking this question because it's important for people to know why everyone else gets involved because, you know, I, we always want people to take that next step and get involved. And, um, you know, you can come from any background, you can come with any kind of motivation, but, uh, you know, you can take the steps to, to make the, uh, your community safer. So that's great. Um, you know, Lori, you, uh, as mentioned before, you, you are, um, you know, on the, on the, the gun safety committee for the national council of Jewish women, Minnesota. And I want to just kind of jump right into this. You know, we've had seen attacks on synagogues in the United States, in the Midwest, uh, in the last, you know, a few months, but even in uh, instances in the last 10, 15 years, uh, we've seen this happen. Um, and we unfortunately have had, you know, threats of violence, of, uh, of bombs, of, of shootings at uh, synagogues in the Twin Cities and in other places in Minnesota. And I'm just wondering if you can speak to what it has been like as a Jewish woman to uh, have your security threatened at, when at a time of worship, when you really, it's you know, the it runs counter to what the point of worship is, right? Right, absolutely. Well, it's just it's unnerving, and it makes it it certainly makes me and in a lot of other Jewish people I know feel very vulnerable and scared because you do you you when you're going in to practice your faith and to a place of worship and a place of community. That's the ultimate place of refuge you typically think where you feel safe and you go to get, get spiritual invigoration and, and community, a sense of community and to feel scared in an atmosphere like that is just very, very disturbing and unnerving. And I think that the, um, you know, that permeates the Jewish community right now to some degree, luckily, like you're saying, we have not, um, the, the threats and, and the, you know, the, um, what I want to say the incidents, luckily there's not been something horrific here yet. It seems like the, any incidents have been foiled or caught by the FBI, caught by local law enforcement, which is great, but it, it's definitely that fear of not knowing when the other shoe will drop and it really will be something because we certainly know it has happened other places. For instance, most recently in Colleyville, they, where the, um, the gentleman who received a weapon on the street got into, I shouldn't say gentleman, the terrorist got a weapon on the street and got into that synagogue and held people hostage. But there's always that fear that I think the community is feeling more and more as these stories start to proliferate. Yeah, I mean, the, again, it's just, it is kind of, it is such an, an appalling thing, I think, for anyone, whether you're Jewish or not, any person of faith, or even people who aren't uh, of faith can simply look at this, you know, threatening a synagogue, threatening a, a mosque, threatening a church, simply on the face of that as just an absolutely appalling act. And, and you're right to call it terrorism. It's absolutely what it is. It's yeah. that, that simply that threat that is you know, that is terror and that is, you know, unacceptable in particular when we, when you talk about, I mean, anyone, but especially when you talk about 
what you're doing to young people and to children who are simply going to their place of faith with their family. Um, you know, that's just the most one of the most appalling things I can think of. It's like, well, it's, it's no different than schools because schools yes. should be a refuge and a place of safety. It's just another institution that's supposed to be it's supposed to be safe that is now becoming threatening. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's really, it's so disheartening and it just, un, it's untenable. I, we, I, I feel like we cannot allow this to continue. I'm, am, I, am I right in assuming that when you were younger attending um, Temple that you likely didn't have the presence of, of armed guards during times of worship? Am I correct in that assumption? Never. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. this is such a departure from my growing up years. It, mm-hmm. It's so foreign. And that's what is strange, too, because I remember I was in Israel once as a young person, and I was shocked to see, you know, all the um, soldiers on the street. Mm-hmm. And in other countries, too, you know, you, you often see people on the streets, armed guards on the street, but it unfortunately very common in Israel, but not so common in our country. And now, it, you know, now at this day and age, I'm close to 60, all of a sudden we're becoming, you know, sort of under you know, feeling like you're under attack and need to have armed guards and it's just surreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't fathom that. Uh, it just is such a departure from, again, what you would hope to accomplish at your time at temple, at, at church, at a mosque, you know, in your, t- your time of worship to have that, uh, you know, an armed guard there to protect you, which is a good thing, of course, but the fact that we're at this point is is really distressing and we hear this yeah. you know it's i think it's important to note too we you know you and i have had this discussion in the past but you know it's not just our, you know our jewish uh communities but also our our muslim communities also uh have talked about you know the presence of armed guards that they have as well and and we've had you know we've, we've had this discussion and our our christian friends have been completely blown away and and shocked by this reality i suppose that 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 you know jewish minnesotans and muslim minnesotans and jewish and muslim people from across the country it's a different a different uh you know aspect of worship i suppose absolutely but i I will say jared it's one thing that is unique to the jewish community Mm -hmm. and and i'm going to quote here from an article that was recently published by the anti-defamation league um earlier this I think it was it was earlier this year in January of 2022 and the Anti-Defamation League for those of your listeners who don't know is a an anti-hate organization that was founded in 1913 to actually keep keep track of and and protect Jewish people from acts you know from acts of hate and violence mm-hmm. keep tabs on it but they are report they reported this year that Jews are consistently the most targeted religious community in the US when it comes to you know, acts to threats and acts of violence. And they are being reported at record record levels. 2020 actually was the third highest year on record since the ADL began tracking anti-Semitic incidents in 1979. Wow. I was not aware of that. And that, again, we, you know, I knew there was an uptick, but to know that 2020 was the you know, the worst year since the tracking began. Well, the third, yeah. let me just, the I just third worst, sir, yeah. The third highest, but still that's pretty bad because yeah. how many years is that, right? That's, yep. that's a good 50 mm-hmm. or 40, you know, 42 years. Mm-hmm. So the third highest in 42 years and to be there now. And actually, so another thing I could tell you in 2020, there were 327 reported inc- incidents at Jewish institutions 
which was an increase of 40% wow. from those in, from 234 in 2019. So it just, it's been a dramatic uptick. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you're, you're talking about during the year 2020, almost one incident a day in this country. Um, oh, there, you know, 320 yeah. something. That's nearly one a day across the country of of an anti-Semitic incident at a you know Jewish institution. I mean, right? Amazing. It's clear that there is an issue, and it's clear that this needs to be directly addressed. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to lay this at your feet, right? This idea that you know, what are the solutions? How do we fix this? But what? Do, but when you think about what you like to see. Um, or what uh, aspects of uh, maybe it's legislation, maybe it's community driven, you know, what are some of the things that you'd like to see or actions you'd like to see taken that you think could help bring things back down to where there's back to a normal level where we don't need to be in this heightened level of, of uh, you know, wondering if today's the day where a horrible thing is going to happen, especially for Jewish people. What, what would you say, you know, you could or you could point to as starting points? Well, I think in general, our, our society at large, we need to educate each other about the histories of our individual cultural groups and faith groups so that everybody realizes the fears and vulnerabilities of each other. Because in, in my experience, you know, um, and I don't know if you know this, but you know, the Jewish population of this country makes up about 2% of the, of the U.S population. It's, it's not large. I mean, it's, it's a very small percentage of people. And a lot of people wouldn't even know what, you know, what it's like to be, you know, a Jewish person or an immigrant or how Jewish people came here and what, what their background is. And I think it's, um, it's important for all of us to share our stories and to talk about where we come from and what our background is so that people understand that. I think that's a starting point is understanding each other and sort of sort of ramping down rhetoric or hate of different groups um, that has been, I think that has increased in volume over the num past number of years. That would be my first, that's my first hope and goal and suggestion for you know, stopping the violence and sort of the, the, the fear and the, the hate that I think is promoting these threats. I mean, I think, yeah, definitely. Education is, I think, always a great place to start. And yeah, exposing uh, exposing children to, you know, different cultures at a young age, uh, you know, especially within schools and, and, and learning about different cultures, learning about culturally or ensuring that our state has culturally appropriate resources for, for different cultures. I think you're definitely right. That's a good, good place to start. What else do you think we could be doing? What are the things you think we could be doing or actually let me rephrase like what do you think a listener or what what do you want a listener of this podcast to know about you know the jewish experience in 2022 well you know basically that there have been you know there's been a huge uptick in these um reported incidents you know 40 percent, and even i'll bring it to the twin city specifically as you mentioned jared just to cite one concrete example last september there was a threat received from the um, Anti-Defamation League that I mentioned, and they have a Midwest office. Their central office is in Chicago. They received a threat of physical violence directed against Bethel Synagogue, which is here in St. Louis Park. Mm -hmm. 
And I, that there was some kind of a message and then they mentioned the synagogue by name, Bethel, and that there could be possibly harm done at the Friday night services. So Bethel closed Friday and Saturday night. And then um, one day previous to that, there were 32 headstones that were knocked down at a nearby Jewish cemetery. Mm -hmm. So that's just a concrete example of, you know, something that happened just, what is that, five months ago in our backyard. And um, I think, and also, I don't know if your listeners would be aware, actually, I, as a Jewish person, didn't even realize this till a couple of years ago. But since the Tree of Life incident, which people may, may or may not recall, it was where there was a, um, a mass shooting where I believe 11 people were killed at a synagogue in Pittsburgh in 2018. Since then, there's been this huge ramp up of security in Jewish institutions. And we have had to, as a Jewish community, spend money, like there's been major fundraising to get, you know, uh, private, you know, sources to provide that security. And that's been a really, really um, disturbing thing and something that the Jewish community has had to fundraise for. And I don't pe think people are aware of that, because again, I wasn't aware myself till, you know, a couple of years ago. And it's, it really you know, puts a whole, a cloud and a burden on one, you know, faith population or our, our faith in particular to have to, you know, pay, you know, and fundraise, pay and fundraise for just to be able to worship. It's almost, you know, it's just antithetical to what our country is. I mean, talk about free practice of religion. That is not it. I think we could all agree that no one would want to be, you know, have to, have guards, paid guards in mm -hmm. front of your sanctuary. And that's, you know, it, it, it feels almost like you're, you're not free and not, yeah. and, and, it, and it's a scary thing. This is not the country that I grew up in. I mean, I grew, this is so far from anything I experienced growing up. I just feel so, feel horrible for children growing up now. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I hope people can just learn just from, from my story, at least something that's going on that they might not have been aware of and realize that we can't, we all cannot tolerate any group, you know, be it Jewish or Christian or Muslim to be, to feel burdened or feel fearful of practicing their faith or, or gathering in community, because that really d takes us to a dangerous place in this country. I couldn't agree more. That's really well said. I do want to note, you mentioned what happened in, in St. Louis Park. This was back in September when these threats came in. Um, yeah, the threat of physical violence, and it was directed, you know, at St. Louis Park and at Beth El Synagogue, which is in that neighborhood. Um, and that's a, a synagogue that has a preschool. And right, and then right away, we're talking about children and being in harm's way exactly. um, and the threat of violence. Um, you know, I think you know we we know you know that that's not normal. This idea that uh, you know armed security guards at your places of worship is not where we need to be. It's not what we're supposed to be. You know, as a as a society, you're supposed to have the right to practice, um, constitutionally guaranteed right. right to practice religion, um, and a right to assemble freely and safely. So. Um, we clearly have a lot of work to get to make sure that uh, those ideals are actually upheld and 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 uh, uh, attainable, I suppose. Absolutely. Uh, uh, right now, um, I do want to uh, before we 
move to the final bit where I, of course, I want to mention this, uh, this important panel that you'll be a part of um, in a couple of weeks here. Um, before we talk about that, I suppose I would just love for you to tell, um, for you to just to, to give people who are listening, you know, um, one final thought on what they can do to help, um, if whether they're Jewish or not, if they're concerned about helping the Jewish community, um, are there people or groups they could reach out to? Um, are there uh, places that are there specific groups they could reach out to? I'm assuming for one would be maybe the National Council of Jewish Women. If people wanted to donate or donate their time or their money, where could they do that? Oh, thanks for asking, Jared. Um, well, certainly um, the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas, and that is JCRC. And you can, anyone could Google JCRC Minnesota in the Dakotas or just put Minnesota and, and you will get onto their website. They have a, um, it's a wonderful, um, a wonderful organization that actually it represents the voice of, of Twin City and, and Minnesota Jewry in general, in general on issues of security and, and education and a lot of other critical issues. So, and I'm also on their advocacy committee and we in gun safety is one of our one of the issues that we deal with there so jcrc national council of jewish women minnesota which i'm also involved in is a wonderful group that focuses on social justice and women family and children's issues of which gun safety falls into that category as well and safety of children and um, as you know i'm active in the interfaith alliance of protect minnesota which is a wonderful multi-faith um, group of people, and we are looking to expand our ranks. We are working on a toolkit right now to take out to different faith organizations to talk about gun safety and how that resonates with different faith groups, how we can bring people together to come to solutions and to, to join us in this work. So all of those um, organizations I would highly recommend for people to look into if you want to, you know, find out more about, you know, uh, the Jewish community work and the work in general, because I really do believe that we are all, we're all in this together. And I certainly appreciate your, your giving attention to the specific concerns of the Jewish community, but I, there's so many other communities and other people who have been impacted that I want to, to certainly acknowledge that this is a community wide issue that, that we all need to address together. And so, um, yeah, I think that's, that's what I have to say about about that, but I, yeah. I want people to know there's great work being done, and in, in you in specific are doing wonderful work with Protect Minnesota and bringing all of these issues to the public. Well, I appreciate that, Lori. Thanks. And for the listeners, we will have in, uh, in, we will include links uh, to the JCRC and to NCJW Minnesota websites on the podcast description. So if you're interested in learning more about those groups or if you're interested in supporting them financially or with your time or however you can, uh, you'll be able to uh, go to their websites and get involved. So you can check those links out in the podcast description. Um, before we go, um, I want to mention, as I tease a little bit there, um, that you are speaking on a panel on March 13th. Um, this panel is called uh, guns, safety, and Jewish community security, a town hall conversation on Sunday, March 13th from 3.30 to 5 p.m. Um, it's being organized by the National Council of Jewish Women, Minnesota, Jewish Family Service of St. Paul, um, amongst 
uh, many, many other partners. And um, as I mentioned, you're one of the three panelists. Um, We'll include a link in the podcast description as well for people to sign up to view it. This is a virtual town hall on Zoom, so anyone can tune in and uh, and get a lot of really good information. But um, if you could, uh, Lori, if you could uh, give our listeners just a little preview of what uh, this conversation is going to be about and what to expect, uh, I think that'd be awesome. Great. Yeah, thank you so much for the plug, Jared, because I'm really excited about this this endeavor putting together this panel or the the town hall discussion has been a really exciting opportunity and it's going to be a a new kind of format because we're we're trying to bring together people from the community security perspective and the academic perspective and also advocacy to talk about the issue of gun safety and how it does relate to Jewish community security and to security of the broader community in general and there's going to be um, It's going to be facilitated by Rob Allen, who is the Director of Community Security for the Jewish Community Relations Council, the group that I had mentioned. And he is uh, a wonderful facilitator, very experienced person in law enforcement. And he's gonna bring a new perspective to this issue. And we're going to have um, a gentleman named Yoni Bunt, who is Jonathan Bunt is his full name, who is also a um, private community security expert who has provided security to Jewish institutions in the midst of this rise of anti-Semitic incidents. So that should be fascinating to hear what he has to say. I will be talking about um, my years and years of advocacy, the least interesting part of this panel. And then a really exciting addition is um, Professor Mark Zimmerman, who is the co-director of the University of Michigan's Institute for Firearm Injury Prevention which is a a newly established institute to study firearm injury and prevention from a public health perspective. So it should be wonderful to hear what he has to say. And we're gonna have some some hopefully interesting questions and involvement in the conversation on the Zoom. And I hope anyone and everyone is available to attend. It should be really interesting. All that sounds really great. I know I'll be listening and I think we'll be, it's pretty clear to me, we'll be getting some really great information from people who have a lot of good stuff to share and a lot of, I'm sure, hopeful things to share too. I'm sure we'll learn ways we can get involved and ways we can, you know, make a positive impact. So I definitely wanted to make sure you got a chance to talk about that. I'm excited to hear it on March 13th uh, from 3.30 to 5. Again, if you want to sign up for this event, this important town hall, and hear more from Lori and these other experts on this issue, there is a link in the podcast description to the Eventbrite sign up. It's on March 13th, virtually at 3.30 p.m. Um, and as mentioned before, we'll also have links for the other organizations that Lori mentioned during our conversation, the JCRC and the NCJW Minnesota chapters. Uh, you'll find all that information in the podcast description. Uh, Lori, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for uh, providing this information and sharing with with our listeners about you know your experiences and the experiences of the Jewish community during this this you know time that has been troubling um, for 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 the Jewish community. Um, really appreciate it, and and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me and for caring and for talking, Jared. It, it means a lot. I appreciate that. Uh, This has been 52 Reasons Why, a Protect Minnesota podcast. I'm Jared Moskowitz. Thank you so much for your time and for listening today. And we'll catch you in the next one. Take care. Thank you for joining us on Protect Minnesota, the podcast where we explore 52 reasons why gun violence is an issue in our state. 
If you want to listen to past episodes of the podcast or for more information about how you can be involved in this movement, visit protectmn.org. Until next time.